Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Well, hello there. It's the Oz Network, and this is uh, episode six of season three of Breaking Bad. I don't know why I'm sounding so surprised about that, but uh, <laughs> really looking forward to, to talking this one through. We're in the we're deep in the bowels of season three now, and um, getting into some some pretty meaty territory. So looking forward to to talking about that. Um, this episode um, first appeared on screens on April 25th, 2010, Anzac Day. Not that that means anything to anyone who's not from Australia and New Zealand. And it was written and directed, so greedy, by John Shaban. Um, my name's Nick, and yes, I am a nerd. And my name is Ben, and this is my own private domicile, and I will not be harassed, bitch. <laughs> I love the bitch at the end. I love the look that Walt gives him. It's just like, why do you add bitch at the end? <laughs> Getting a lot of bitches yeah. this season. Jesse's really amping up the bitch count. Yeah, he is a little bit, yeah. So I think we kind of like last season we talked about, you know, those final three episodes being a bit of a trilogy. Um, and I think we also talked, you know, like we've talked at various times throughout this this whole show about part ones and part twos, and this kind of feels like the first of a of like a little um, two parter series here, where we you know sunset and then one minute um, do feel like they are you know connected, quite closely connected. So you know, really looking forward to talking about part one, and then obviously coming back and talking about part two next week as well. Yeah, I mean these next two episodes are fantastic. Like I, I, I mean. Spoiler alert, I think next week's even better than this week, and I'm going to be high enough on this episode as it is. But, um, yeah, I, I think I've said a few times that uh, you sort of I've, I've watched ahead, watched season three, and I was kind of like, oh, like, like I, don't, I don't kind of get this season gets a lot of love. But, I mean, it's kind of taken me on this rewatch. So, like, maybe it's just I'm half-watching when I'm kind of watching ahead and not taking notes and, and trying to sound smart because eventually it will happen one day. But, um, yeah, I mean, God, like... Dean Norris is just incredible, the stuff he's going to get very soon. And, and Aaron Paul, too. Like I said a few times this season that Jesse kind of doesn't have a lot to do, but I'm still fascinated by it. Like, Jesse's getting a lot of stuff to do all of a sudden. Jesse's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, God, so much stuff to talk about. Um, and I, I'm going to maybe go out on a limb and say that this, this trilogy is better than last season's trilogy. <laughs> and it's only a duology. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you can kind of include episode eight, sort of, kind of, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think you probably can. I think you probably can. Yeah, thinking about it. Um, but anyway, this is a, this is a great episode, and and um, and straight away we kind of get this kind of pretty crazy opening scene here, where we kind of get this police officer kind of driving through what appears to be that that um, village that we had kind of at the first the first episode of the season. I'm not sure if it actually is, but it certainly feels like it's meant to be. And we kind of get that kind of yellow hue of the of the. Um, 
you know the the camera work as well which kind of makes me feel like we're calling back to that first scene from from episode one of season three so whether or not that's deliberate i'm not entirely sure but it certainly feels like uh that's what we're going for here um he gets this cop gets called out to go to this particular house because um this woman is not answering her phone when her daughter's been calling so he turns up and you see him kind of knocking on the door and there's these kind of like weird kind of movements inside the house so it's all pretty creepy from the setup um and then he kind of goes around the back and, and finds um this lady's dead body around the back covered in flies they were real flies apparently no they weren't real flies they were cgi flies anyway um oh, and, disappointing um, i thought they'd trained some flies that would have been clever. <laughs> pretty clever for them to do know, that I isn't it <laughs> i don't know why the commentary crew seemed to think that was an important thing to tell us but uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway what's, what's the number one question we get asked in break were they real flies in episode six <laughs> of season three yeah, sunset right. please tell me vince but uh yeah anyway like and then he kind of goes back to the door and that's where we see one of the cousins kind of open the door eating this apple um <laughs> and you know like he's kind of saying put your hands up put your hands up type of thing um and the and uh, cousin turns around and then like we see you know from the cousin's perspective we see the cop and the and the you know the kind of mid-ground there from behind um with the second cousin kind of sneaking up behind him and uh and sinks an axe into his head so it's a pretty brutal way to start this episode is this the first? Have I have I asked this before? Is this the first axe kill? I think we've had an axe kill before. Like this kind of becomes a signature uh, weapon, doesn't it? But is this? The yeah, first I was time? just thinking. I think I think Tortuga was a machete, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and we see the axe yeah. when they're waiting for Walt, but I don't think we've actually yeah. seen a kill. Do I think. Remember a few episodes ago, I said like um, when we saw the the twins with the the little girl and the goat, and that they come yeah. back. Like, I, is this the same place, or is this a different? Yeah. It's- I, I think it's I think it's meant to be in the same kind of general area. Although right. I think that was supposed to be in Mexico, so maybe not. Maybe we're just. Um, it does feel like it's supposed to look the same, like in terms of like so I this said, is that in kind Mexico. of yellow. Well, I think when that when when we got that scene in episode one, that was definitely meant to be Mexico. Right. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it is slightly confusing. I think. Um, I mean, it's not a major plot point, so it's not a big deal. But um, but yeah, it is just. Um, it, it, it is supposed Anna. to be at least. Sorry, I'm just interrupting. I'm looking at the the badge on the cop's uh, arm. It's Santa Ana Police. So that is that Mexico or is that US? I would say it's US, but yeah, because it's interesting that yellow hue that I kind of thought that was meant to be Mexico. So mm. um, look at us knowing our our stuff here, apparently. But um, no, I, I like it's it's graphic. Like it's and I do question how this cop doesn't know this guy's walking behind him though, because you wouldn't hear the footsteps. But I love the 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 cousin here just eating the apple. Like put your hands up, and he kind of like does, yeah. and then he just turns away because he doesn't want to see. Oh, I'm seeing here it's on a Native American reservation outside of Albuquerque. So uh, right. we are in the US. So there you go. Um, right. But yeah, it's, but it's having brutal. said that, just to just to confuse things even more, that scene from episode one of season three, which was definitely meant to be Mexico, was actually shot in Albuquerque. So I imagine these are probably shot in the same place, but they're actually meant within the within the show are meant to be different places it actually doesn't matter like we're talking about stuff that actually doesn't really matter so <laughs> we're probably just confusing our listeners so i reckon we move on they're confused um, enough they're listening to the oz network um, they, they brought yeah. it on themselves <laughs> yep um so anyway we, we're back with walt and he's in um in this kind of un- undisclosed location at the moment, looking at this painting on the wall and um, gets a call from Skylar, who's like, you know, talking about the divorce and how we're going to tell Walt Jr. And this is where we get the thing of, um, you know, Walt's insisting that he's going to continue to um, financially support 
the family. Um, and, you know, Skylar's not happy about this due to where the money's come from, obviously, being drug money. So um, just kind of setting up this uh, this kind of tension that we're going to get between the two of them over the use of this money to support people and, and kind of keep that in mind as we kind of move forwards because uh, Skylar might have designs on that money for other things later on in this in this <laughs> season, which which keeps things interesting. Um, and uh, then we kind of get what, you know, hangs up and, and – um, and has this kind of like weird um, condo salesman or whatever he is. and He um, does look weird, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, and um, I think I think um, listening to the commentary, I think what they were saying was that um, this guy was like super, super tall. And um, just to kind of get them like in the same shot and in the same frame, they had to do some kind of weird camera angles. And so I think kind of like you can almost see him like bending forwards at the knees just to try and come down in height a little bit. So I think it's probably just they got this actor who's just like really, really tall, which kind of set things off a little bit weird. But anyway, Walt's kind of like, yep, I like this apartment. I want this one and, and kind of what we get in here is that this is actually a showroom like he you know like this is just a, a, there we've got three available and he's like no i want this specific one um which is not really the purpose but you know and what does he say something about you know what tell me what money can't buy or oh, something like that so, tell me, yeah it's such a great line um it's like uh, name one thing in this world that's not for sale or not negotiable yeah. or something like yeah, that like, yeah. what a line that's so yeah, good yeah there's actually like cool. I don't know if you noticed on the on the wall behind them, um, right next to the window. There's these kind of like two like black panels that are set up like the kind of Breaking Bad logo. Oh. Um, so if you haven't noticed them, obviously we kind of come back to this oh, unit quite now. a few times. So, so so yeah, you, something yep. to kind of watch for as you kind of go forwards. Um, yeah, and then uh, we kind of we move on to um, Los Polos Hermanos, and um, you know we can see Gus in there with the staff kind of getting some fried chicken ready and stuff, and. Um, <laughs> This is where the cousins just walk in and just menacingly kind of sit in these chairs. So kind of going to set up something that we're going to get for the rest of this episode is these, these cousins just being like, uh, you know, a nuisance, <laughs> a, a very scary nuisance um, within the uh, the fried chicken uh, restaurant. Yeah, it's um, – I like kind of – I like the manager returns. The You've got a problem, you can go to our website. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I like her. She's kind of like lawyer, like random character that I just weirdly like. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like that line that Walt says when he's like, when she's questioning about the money and like, I don't want this blood money or drug money. And the way he's just like, well, who, how do you, what do you think has been paying for the bills for the last few months? Um, and it's just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, drop my moment there for Walt. But I just love how he just like hangs up and yeah, weedy, praying mantis, creepy real estate guy he's kind of almost like our um therapist friend from earlier this season like he just suits the role so like they've, they've cast this guy quite well didn't know that panel thing that's interesting but i i can i just say i love gus the chicken man just in lost pole like i just love watching him you know like this is why i love gus like he's just this absolute evil mastermind and he's just like the the local manager of your friendly McDonald's. And then like I love kind of when the the cousins walk in and they kind of sit in the way he looks and he just goes back to smiling and he, he's just basically like, yes, well maybe you should turn it off before cleaning it. And she's all like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like how dumb is this manager? <laughs> like I just kind of like the way he does. But again, Giancarlo Esposito, just his facial acting is so good. The way he can kind of does that real like sinister like, what the fuck are you doing here? And then switches back to ah. Oh, Ah, turn it off before you clean it, you dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> like it's it's really cool. 
so uh, then we kind of move on to um, we're at Jesse's house and and Badger and Skinny Pete are there and I love this kind of opening shot which is like below the glass top coffee table yeah. which is really cool and kind of Badger with this big big chunk of blue meth and um, Jesse's basically saying oh well you know like feel free to try it which is which is you know like not something he would normally do and 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 kind of badger feels a bit bad about it because jesse's not using himself and anyway now badger badger has a go at the stuff and he does this little dance around which is pretty funny um and um and and yeah and this is where jesse kind of sets them up as you know sets them to work basically getting supplies you know like so he's now but wants to become the new heisenberg who's going to do the, the cooking himself and you know these are going to be his his little minions that are going to do the work for him so just this kind of nice little setup scene to kind of get us started on this this episode and, and where Jesse's going with this. I do like uh, the little Lord of the Dancing that he does when he's all like, I am bow before me, I am Lord of the He's almost very Tuco the way he's just kind of like, you know, like, woo, when he like sucks it up. But I do love Jesse here when he's like, we're going to be smart about this. It's not going to be like last time. We're going to get everything checked. Like, get the van here. We're going to do this. Check for taillights. Cops always pull you over for taillights. Not us. Like, I just love this, that line. Like, I love Jesse. Um, you know, trying to start his own little empire up again. But also, always love uh, Badger's, like, beanie with the pigtails. Yeah, I, I don't know what, yeah. what that's called. But, um... Yeah, ba- Badger is Lord of the Dance, right? Like, good on you, Badger. I do always love how these guys always wear beanies. Like, I attach wearing beanies to, like, being cold, and these guys are in Albuquerque. Like, do they ever actually need to be wearing beanies? I always uh, I always wonder that. But I suppose it gets cold there at night, right? Like, it's, it's a desert It's fashionable, climate, Nick. So. It's fashionable. Yes, well, there's, there is that true. Um, so, yeah, and, and obviously kind of the scene ends with, um, you know, um, Jesse's sending them out to buy supplies and we kind of, you know, kind of pan to to Hank sitting in the car across the road, kind of watching them go. Um, so yeah, he's kind of on their case, which is which is quite cool. Um, then we kind of move on to uh, Walt, who's getting ready for work, this kind of montage of him like making sandwiches and getting lunch <laughs> ready and stuff like that. And um, this kind of Sunshine on Me by Buddy Stewart. Um, so there's a bit of a story about this song, um, which is apparently like it wasn't actually a it wasn't a song. This guy was like a songwriter and he would like write these songs and perform them with the hope that somebody else would pick them up and use them for themselves. Like, um, you know, like a Frank Sinatra or somebody like that. And they just never did. And so this was actually a song that had never really ever been seen the light of day before. And they kind of were able to just pick it up and, and use it, which I thought was quite cool. Cause it sounds like just, it feels like it feels familiar like it feels like yeah. a song you've heard before, but you haven't heard it before. Um, so yeah, and it kind of it obviously fits the you know the little montage we're getting really really nicely here, which is really cool. And then we see Walter, Walt kind of driving Walt Junior to school. Um, yeah, so it's just like a, a nice little scene to kind of get us started there. And um, and yeah, then we get an, another scene of kind of Gus watching the um, the cousins at Los Palos Hermanos. So yeah, just kind of building up that thing. Um, one other thing I do like is that yeah we've got, we've got another new windscreen on Walt's car with the with the blue sticker things as well which of course he's he's got it done quickly this time but yeah i do like this little montage the way kind of walt's like pressing his shirt and he's kind of dusting a little bit and i love how he writes his name on his uh his paper bag because you never know who's going to steal your lunch right like at, at these kind of places so um yeah, it's kind of I like it when he just sits there and he's waiting to get picked up or whatever it is. But um, I do again like uh, we've lost the lawyer, but we've got random manager back, so I'm happy. Like you know, with the way she's just like to, to Gus, like oh they're here again. 
Um, and it's kind of like, oh, they're not doing anything wrong. And is this where he actually like confronts them and says like, what are you doing here? Is that is that later on? No, I think that's later on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Jumping ahead, as I always do. Well, I mean, there's lots of scenes like because we kind of set it up with you know kind of um, several scenes of these guys in the in the restaurant. It is easy to kind of confuse these ones. Um, so the next scene is 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 great because this is where we're going to meet Gail, who's uh, a pretty important character in, in this season. And so we see Walt kind of arrive at the at the laundry and get let downstairs. Um, is that is that Victor that's letting him down? I can never quite quite get it, but um, doesn't matter. It's not an it important is. point. Um, but yeah, anyway, we get down there, and this is where he meets. It's Gail, who's um, shows him his, his you know resume and, and and what he's done, and he's um, you know very accomplished and, and able to um, to you know be be a good assistant for Walt, I suppose. Um, and and you know they kind of bond over this kind of coffee contraption that Gail set up to kind of brew the perfect coffee at the right temperature and all that kind of stuff. So you can see instantly that these two have probably got a lot in common. Um, so you know should be should be a good team, which is kind of what they what they're hoping to kind of achieve with this scene. I like Gail. I'm saying that right now. Uh, David Costable is his name, and I mentioned last week about how. I watched another show in the last couple of years. Uh, I got dragged into watching Suits because why wouldn't I want to see the Meghan Markle prequel? Um, and it wasn't a terrible show, but it won't go down as one of my favourite shows I've ever watched. But he was kind of like the antagonist for a lot of that. He was like the rival lawyer, I think, that kind of... Uh, I think from memory he was like partners with Harvey Specter and then like they he went away and... He was in it for quite some time. Like he was, he was a significant character and came back in multiple seasons. But like was kind of the the complete opposite to what he is here. So uh, I like it when they kind of go there. But I like this guy. I like uh, David Costable. But I love this whole sequence when like you meet him and then kind of like you're explaining this formula and it's just it's for coffee. And then just I love the way that kind of like Walt's like, oh my god, this might be the best coffee I've ever had in my life. And just you see this like real proud look on on his face there. So yeah, I like Gail. I like the Gail Walt dynamic, but um, yeah, I, I get a bit sad uh, how it ends up turning out. Clearly, but um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like them sad. working together. Like it's kind of nice. Um, and yeah, so he's been apparently on the wire and um, damages as well, um, and playing a bit of a kind of anti-hero type he? thing. Okay. Um, yeah, apparently so. That's what. That's well, obviously, what I would have watched damages well before I ever watched Breaking Bad. So, um, right. Yeah, I'd love to rewatch damages. Damages is a great show. Yeah, um, and if you kind of look on IMDb, if you're watching this along with us and you kind of um, have an opportunity to kind of. Um, have a look at the IMDb thing. The photo they've got for Gail, he looks like a completely different person. He looks like this yeah. kind of quite suave, cool-looking dude with a beard. And he's um, a suave, cool-looking dude, Nick. <laughs> well, well, and I think he probably is. And I think that that speaks to something that we kind of often overlook or forget to talk about, which is um, you, you know kind of like costume and makeup. You know that they do such a good job on the show that um, they can take these people who you know, like a, are quite cool-looking guys and turn them into this kind of really nerdy character. Like they have dressed him to. You know, he kind of really looks the right part for this. It's, it's really, really good. Nick, I mean, true story, you and I are actually really cool-looking guys, but we just geek it up for the podcast. Yeah, that's like, right. I mean, if you that's actually right. see us in real life, I mean, God, just, wow, we are cool-looking guys. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep. We can't, can't argue with that. Well, nobody can because they're only listening to us. They don't have a voice, so exactly. they're just going to just gonna have to take our words. Colin first. might, um, but Colin's a dickhead. <laughs> I like how we've moved from, like, bashing on Noah to bashing <laughs> on Colin. Oh, I'm 
this makes me want to have to. Is this is this like a ploy to make me listen to twenty four episodes so that I can uh, hear if you're if you're um, giving me shit? No, there there was a recent Double Oz Seven episode where your name came up, and I may have impersonated you. Um, and <laughs> during the Olympics uh, coverage last year, you whenever New Zealand came up, we may have impersonated you. But I mean, look, it's it's a friendly banter. I'm sure that I get bagged out all the time on on Nick Chester Oz. Uh, I don't know. You've got your own side show, probably Nick. Oh yes, this week on the show we're going to talk about New Zealand. This week in New Zealand, nothing happened. Moving on. Uh, I saw there was a there was a headline in the paper today here, which was brown tui spotted in Hamilton. <laughs> tui is a type of bird, and it's normally black. And so there was a brown one spotted. Oh. Like that was that made news today. So I, yeah. uh, Nick, Nick. Remember, I was a journalist in your country. I could list several stories that I did that were groundbreaking journalism in New Zealand worlds. Like, seriously, you know, I, I drove many a miles to cover things that no normal person would do. Yes, yes. Anyway. But I did live in Invercargill, so driving many a miles was usually a good day. Yeah, that's that's pretty normal. That's just to get to the office. Um, yeah. So we get this really cool kind of um, – this, this is a bit of a montage episode, actually, because now we get this kind of meth-cooking montage, which is the first time we get to see the kind of super lab and its full ability, which is quite cool. You know, like I think we've gotten quite used to um, seeing, you know, meth being made in the RV, and, and that's one thing, but you're kind of seeing this on an industrial scale, which is really cool. I really like what they do with this stuff, you know. Like there's, there's one shot which is like – metal filaments or something kind of like sprinkling down like almost like snowflakes it's just really cool and so they use this this kind of like um it's, it's called Ginza Saba by Vince Guaraldi, I think. Is, is oh, the, is, the Vince Guaraldi. Um, yes, that, yep. that's the one. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like this kind of upbeat, you know, kind of samba music type stuff, which um, kind of really like seems to fit again really, really well with the scene. I do, I do love myself a, a, you know, a good montage scene, especially when it comes to cooking meth. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I like. Is this the first time we see like the trays like in the – like it's kind of almost like a bakery oven or something like that. Yeah. But um, I do love like yeah them having the coffee at the end and the yellow suits and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's a great scene and like I I like it just I like just Gail and Walt. I want I want a spin off of Gail and Walt go cooking. Like I want a Gail and Walt cooking show. Like that'd be a good TV show to watch. <laughs> well, we get this really important scene afterwards where they're kind of um you know they're having cups of wine not glasses of wine but cups of wine um and and you know this is where we kind of get into you know walt asking how gail even ended up in this space which is a fairly reasonable question to ask i think um you know that this guy who's obviously um you know could, could kind of go anywhere like we know why walt's involved in this but we're at this point we don't know why gail's involved so it's a fair question to ask and um you know gail kind of says that he's a libertarian and he figures people are you know People who are consenting of, you know, have the right to do whatever they want. They may as well get quality. Um, and to be in the lab, it's magic, you know, is kind of the way he talks about it. And then he recites this Walt Whitman poem, which is going to be a really important thing that we oh, kind yeah. of come back to. Um, so it's from, it's the, what's it, the, when I heard the learned astronomer um, from Leaves of Grass, I think is the kind of collection. I'm not a, I'm not a poet. I'm not a fan of poetry. So um, I apologize if I've got that wrong, but um, the Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman is going to be really important. And this is where that poem comes from. So um, very, very important little scene that is, is foreshadowing something that we're going to get later on. As a very big poetry fan myself, Nick, I'm very disappointed that you don't know that one. I mean, it's a common... <laughs> in my poetry friend circles that we know that one very, very well. Um, 
yeah, I I agree. It's kind of it's it's interesting these little bits that become important when you don't realise they're coming important as well. But can I just ask you a question? How old do you think Gail is? Oh, I th- I'd say he's probably about the same age as Walt, right? Like there wouldn't be a massive age difference. So what, what would that be? Sl- like 50 uh, or like, so? Oh, I would have said 40. Okay. Well, I'm going to spoil this for you right now based on an episode that I just recently watched in season four. He's meant to be 34. He's meant to be the same age as me. I do not look <laughs> like him. Like what is going on? He's not 34. <laughs> So is it, so that's so that's within the story, right? Yeah, within the story. So it is mentioned next season, and I can't say how I know that without spoiling it. It is mentioned that he's a thirty-four-year-old. So right, yeah, right. I'm not I'm not buying that. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's meant to be a thing that he fakes his age or something. But like, yeah, there's no way he's thirty-four. Or, or do I look older than I think I do? No, I mean he definitely does look older than that. Um, so I'm just like frantically searching through his IMDb trying to find out how old when he was born but uh, I can't seem to find it um, it'd be interesting to know how old he actually was when this was filmed I could I could quickly find that out if my math skills are, are going well in my head I'm sure if uh, I'll let you talk and I'll I'll try and do the math there for uh, for our man oh, well, I'll, I'll, move, I'll move on to the next scene and then we can come back and, and reveal how old Gail is as we go along polished as always on the Oz Network absolutely um, yeah well we kind of move on to the next scene he 43. Been, so yeah. he's 43 at the time of filming this and supposed the time to be 34. This. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Not so kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got it right. Like he does look 40, he does look 43 in this, but he doesn't look 34. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree. But uh, yeah, 34, just remember that this guy is meant to be 34. Yes. It's the receding curly hairline, I think, probably <laughs> makes it the hardest to, you know, I think that's always going to be a hard thing. But anyway, uh, we're back with Walt and he, uh, sorry, with Hank, and he's um, in a car full of fast food wrappers. So I'm kind of getting a, a passage of time here where he's obviously been sitting here eating junk food while he waits for something to happen um, at, at Jesse's house. Um, and this is where Marie calls and she's, you know, kind of upset about where he is. And, um, and she makes the suggestion that he calls Walt because Walt, obviously, you know, we, we know from, from earlier on and this the show is that Walt and Jesse had a relationship which the family thinks is that Walt was buying uh, weed off Jesse um, so they don't know obviously the the kind of um, the full scenario that's actually happening here but this is the thing that's going to set the wheels in motion for the rest of this episode because Hank then does call Walt um, and um, you know what is it what do you know about Jesse Pinkman and you can kind of just see Walt freaking out just as he's getting this phone call and um, it's just going to kind of set us off to where we're, where we're headed for the rest of this episode so, um, yeah, it's, it's a great little scene, really. Yeah, I, I do love how, you know, Walt gets so lucky sometimes, doesn't he, that he just gets these things straight away, like, dangling to him so he can he can realise this. But, um, yeah, like, I, I also love the way that he kind of plays it off, the way he sort of asks questions about it and everything. But do, do we believe that, um, that, that Hank would really call Walt just because he might know Jesse? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean... I don't know. I feel Hank's a better. I, maybe I'm just nitpicking for nitpicking's sake, but I mean, he seems a lot smarter than that to just go on a little hunch, doesn't he? I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose probably you could argue that you know, like he's he's obviously tired and you know hasn't left his car for probably you know 24 hours or something like that. So um, yeah, it, it's possible. I can see it. I, I think it maybe is a little bit of a stretch, but I can certainly understand. Like he's kind of desperate to make a break in this case, so he's maybe going to act in ways that he he may not normally do. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I just feel like it's nitpicking for it and everything. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it obviously leads to what we're going to get for, like, the rest of this episode and everything along those lines. But I do I do like the little bit there when um, Hank, like, is eating a chip or something like that. And he kind of, like, he, he like, does he smell it or something? He's almost like, oh, is this still good or something like that? And he just eats it. Like, I just love all the takeout that's in his, um, in his car there. But I also love this shot when – I'm probably jumping ahead slightly here because I don't think you covered it, but when – Jesse's um gets a phone call from Walt and we've kind of got like that great undershot of the glass table. Is like his calculator see-through or is that just yes. one of those it is yep, see-through. No, it is. So this yep. isn't just a trick trick of camera work to make it look see-through. No, no, no. It actually is a, a see-through um calculator. We know Jesse's into see-through utensils after that um that glass fry pan. So that is it's obviously true. just a just a bit of a thing that we've got going on with Jesse. So so yeah, this is obviously kind of moving into the next one. We get this this shot of Jesse kind of working out as you know, everything he's gonna need to do his own cook. Um and uh, this is where Walt calls him and um and yeah, this is like things are going to kind of get a bit crazy here. You know, Jesse's not really interested in having a conversation with Walt. And um, yeah, like obviously this is carrying on from the last episode, which, um, you know, these two are at odds. So they're, they're not really on speaking terms. So, um, you know, Walt gives that up and calls Saul instead, who's on this kind of weird muscle relaxing massage thing and like lying on the floor in his office. Of course he is in his kind of mustard shirt and brown pants and looks like he stepped straight out of the seventies. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, Saul's not really that particularly interested in helping him either. He's kind of like, you just deal with it. Um, and so that's exactly what Walt does. You know, Walt kind of heads to the impound lot and, and our mate Clovis is back on the scene. We haven't seen him for a few episodes. Um, so, so Clovis and Badger, because there's his, his uncle, isn't it? Is it Clovis's Badger's uncle, I think. I think there's a family um, relationship there. Oh, um, is he uncle or cousin? Is he a bit too, cousin? Might be a is cousin. He too young to be his uncle? I mean, yeah, it might be. Might be. I, could, I shouldn't um, say that. I've got an uncle who's younger than me, so I mean, you know, that's possible. that is possible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and anyway, this is. Uh, you know, kind of what comes and says, you know, that the DEA are, are, are looking for this RV and we need to get rid of it. And, you know, Clovis is really keen to get get it off his property as quickly as possible. But uh, he, he has a plan B, um, which we're, we're going to discover soon. But, you know, as they kind of, um, as they decide to leave, um, this is where Badger calls Jesse and, and kind of fills him in on that. So it's pretty fast moving stuff. So I probably need to find places to stop and just uh, let you talk through some of these scenes as well. The quick question I've got, so when Walt calls Sol to get the location, does Sol give up the location? Because Walt gets there. So like, was it, did I just not write that down that Sol does give up the location of the RV? Because otherwise, how does Walt know where it is? I'm having to kind of stretch back into my into my memory of kind of season. So no, because Jesse's taken the RV out since then. So yeah, that's probably a little bit of missing information there. I mean, not everything needs to be shown on screen, of course. So you know, it's possible that Saul did tell him, and we just haven't really been clued in on that information. But um, that's that's why he calls Saul then, isn't it, to get the location, right? So that yeah, yeah. But like, I just don't, I don't know <coughs> if Saul. We see it. Saul tells Walt to get rid of the RV, but Walt is able to do okay. Um, is this the last Clovis episode? I feel this is the last Clovis episode. I think I think it I think it is yeah I don't think we see much more of him after this so there isn't a reason to hit like he's been attached to the RV so I don't think we do I mean these people keep turning it up it is his last episode gone, so, um, yeah. and their cousins yeah. sorry to keep interrupting you but these his cousin yeah. and last episode is sunset so uh, rip right. to to Clovis it's a good good way to go out on this one um, yeah and then we're we're back to Los Polos again um, you know um, well, 
well, sorry, no, I forgot to say that we've, uh, we've just seen and Jesse's kind of taken off and, and Hank's on his case. So that's kind of um, ending that particular one. We head to Los Polos and uh, um, this is where we're, we're, we're um, going to hear the cousins talk for the first time. Um, so I th- if you thought they were mute, they actually are able to speak. They just don't do it very often. Um, and here they are. And you kind of get this, this fun little scene first where the manager kind of comes up and <laughs> Cynthia, her name is, um, who kind of comes up and, and gives these guys a bit of a hard time. And, and um, he, you know, Gus comes over and says he's going to handle it. And yeah, we get a few, a few minor words out of these guys that they've been waiting long enough. And, um, you know they they want something and, and this is where he just says sunset which is obviously the name of the episode so um that's kind of just setting us up for uh the end of the episode really but um it's enough for them to, to get up and leave so um cynthia the manager will be happy that they're at least gone i'm gonna say cynthia the manager badass of this episode her standing <laughs> up you know excuse me gentlemen these are for pain like, good for you cynthia you stand up for your rights there um, busy day at Los Polos Hermanos though. Like, God, they, no one can get a seat. Like, this yeah. woman's like, excuse me, you two, you two leaving? Like, uh, you know, they're, they're really getting busy. But um, it's, it's great chicken. Yeah, it's going to KFC run for its money. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you know that this is, I was, we talked about this on air or did I watch this in a video recently where this is, they filmed this in a real restaurant um, and obviously like changed the outside of it digitally, I believe. But the, the painting of the Los Polos Hermanos is still in this restaurant if you go to Albuquerque. So you can get your photo taken with it at this restaurant. So I think, isn't, a- it, isn't it now it's like a different, like it's obviously not Los Polos Hermanos, but it is still a working fast food restaurant of some type, I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but they've got, they've still got the mural on the wall because it's a, it's a tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, God, yeah. I would go there. Of course, who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I like again Giancarlo Esposito's facial acting just the way he's kind of like smiley with Cynthia and then he just kind of frowns and does a whole sunset thing and you'll be glad to know that I had my subtitles I was on the right TV to watch this one this week so I could read <laughs> what was being said this week yay um, but uh, I'm excited can I say I'm excited for the end of this episode because I, I swear I hope you you know who this actor is in, in who, who this on guy our, is in our, ne- our next episode our next scene yeah yeah, yeah. So, tell uh, me you know who this the- is right <laughs> Yeah, this is our, um, our another friends alumni. We, oh, you know, we've got another big one friends up. alumni. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, what what's his name, Mister Mister Beekman or something? What's he called? Yeah, the in, in... the super of the building. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, he's the one who it's like. Um, you don't have an oboe? I could have an oboe. Like, yeah, and there's yeah. if you're ever um a member of the the friends, like one of the friends fan groups. Um, it's really really funny. There's like this one person that will literally comment on everything. So they'll post like a picture of like. Matt LeBlanc is such a nice guy. He donated $50 million to charity, blah, 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 blah. So somebody will all the time comment with a picture of Mr. Beekman saying, I could donate to charity. And then, like, everybody <laughs> just always, like, freaking laughs. Uh, it's so clever and so funny. But, um, again, this goes into that whole thing of, like, the um, getting comedians, right? To, like, uh, yeah, you know, to, to, to do that. So uh, I've got to get his real yeah. name. Is it, is it Mr. Beekman? What's his actual name? Mr. Heckles. Mr. Heckles. Mr. Heckles, that's right. Mr. Yeah. Heckles, yep. yeah. Or yep. as he's also known in some other episodes, The Weird Man. He's been credited as Mr. Heckles slash The Weird Man. Because they get, they get um, bequeathed all this stuff and friends, don't they? They have to go and clean yeah. out his, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, like he's he's a bit of a comedic kind of, um, I guess, kind of cameo actor, isn't he? Because he's been in Seinfeld and a few other things too, this guy. So, um, okay. 
yeah yeah but anyway so he's a he's going to demo this whole rv so basically we we cut to the scene of what pain him to he's going to demo it and he says you know it has to be unrecognizable and this whole thing about yep we're going to crush it down to the size of a cube and and send it across the pacific and the chinese will make it into patio furniture or something you know so um but yeah he's he's perfect for this kind of um this little role here it just kind of really really works and you know just as he kind of you know leaves the rv you know jesse bursts in um and She's talking about tension kind of picking up here because, you know, as Jesse, Jesse bursts in and well, no, sorry, just before that, we kind of get Walt having this kind of longing look around the RV before he knows it's going to be destroyed and looking at all the old equipment and, um, you know, and just a few kind of like fun little shots to things that have, have featured in previous episodes, like the deck chairs, which was in the four days out episode. And, um, and then obviously the Funyuns, we kind of get a shot of the Funyuns. So, um, yeah, a, a kind of a few nice little callbacks, which is quite cool. Um, and that's when Jesse Burson and uh, what are you doing? You can't destroy it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we see them kind of start to have a fight, but uh, that's when um, Hank shows up and you see kind of, you know, um, Walt desperately going around and, and um, you know, closing all the blinds and everything. And we just get this really kind of menacing, like he's here, you know, it's just really cool. Like it's just something out of, out of some kind of like action movie or something like that. So I just love this. It's, it's just so much fun. I love the uh yeah the Walt reminisces moment when he just says oh Funyuns and he sees the deck chair and all that kind of stuff it's like oh good times but yeah like you're right like kind of you know we get real tension between Jesse and Walt but then as soon as Hank shows up it's like holy crap like um you know this is this is going down and again it's kind of that trope of how close is Hank like to who he wants like he's right there underneath his nose and I remember watching this for the first time going like, shit, how is he going to get out of this? And like, that's always a good thing in a movie or a TV show where you legitimately are like, fuck, how is he going to get out of this? There is no way he's going to get out of this. But I know I'm slightly jumping ahead here to steal your thunder, but I do love kind of just the way Walt's feeding lines to Jesse and Mr. Heckles Mm. here basically is really, really good. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's great, yeah. So, I mean, like, in, in the real time of the show, this is kind of like the he's here is where it kind of cuts to, like, a commercial break, which, you know, like, is, is when you think about that, you're like, oh, my God, if you're watching this in real time, you'll just be on the edge of your seat. Like, really, really good. I mean, we've talked about it before, but, you know, Vince Gilligan and the, and the team who put the show together, they're experts at building tension. It's the thing they do so well. And, yeah. um, you know, you totally get it here. So, yeah, and anyway, so we kind of come back to this and, um, you know, we see um, Hank, you know, kind of goes up to the RV and he's got a bit of a swagger on here like he's you know he's, he's, although he's got his gun with him he, he does have a little bit of a swagger and he's you know he's finally making some progress so I think he's kind of happy about this um, and um, you kind of see him kind of go up and you know kind of knock on the door and go to open the door and it's and it's locked and uh, this is where he's gonna you know he's kind of like fiddling around with the windows trying to figure out what to do and um then he kind of gets the uh the crowbar he's going to kind of break in um which, which is great and uh, and you know just as he's trying to do that this is where our mr heckles turns up behind him and says have you got a warrant and we get this whole kind of thing about um you know what what's the, what's the line that he talks about that he's got probable cause yeah. um you know that, does he actually have probable cause to kind of go in there and he needs a warrant he can't just like break into it because it's not a vehicle it's a domicile um which is you know like this really kind of <laughs> this kind of like seemingly like really seedy homeless almost looking guy has all this kind of legal lingo to be able to to throw at hank which is really great yeah i and i love kind of like the back and forth when it's like 
the domicile or whatever it is or the vehicle probable cause and he's like see these four things with uh, rubber around them they're wheels it's a vehicle or whatever and the way he's just kind of like no it's a domicile it's it's this and that and then just what is what does Jesse even say like when Walt's kind of like telling him how to say it and everything like the first thing he's like oh I'm I'm here and obviously my opening line about you know my domicile I won't be harassed bitch um and I love the whole the bullet hole sequence. Like when he peels the tape off, the camera work, the way you kind of just see Walt standing there and you see the light like pop on yeah. his chair and he just casually steps to the side. Oh, that's so good. But like, they're yeah, almost like, like they're almost like um kind of eye and nose holes of a skull. Like that's yeah. the way I kind of looked at them. Like, yeah. yeah, just like just really, really cool. Um, yeah, and then obviously this is kind of where we get Walt starts to feed lines to Jesse to say because obviously Walt can't say them, but Jesse can. And um, you know, that's the thing that you kind of you know said at the start that he kind of tells him to say, oh, you know, this is your domicile, you won't be harassed. Which you know he says, but he has to add bitch on the end of it because he's Jesse. You know, so um, so it's really good. You know, and then Hank is kind of saying um you know oh well cool i'll go get a warrant and he kind of just like goes to the car and, and goes to ring it up which is which is great you know like just really really good that there's kind of you know from from the perspective of watching the show there's kind of no way out like what are these guys gonna do um but of course better call Saul you know when when you've got a problem like this what do you do you call Saul um and um so that's what these guys do they make a phone call um and um Saul's partner of uh, partners um receptionist basically he wishes partner um uh, receptionist basically just kind of pretends to be the hospital calling hank um to kind of say that his wife's been in an accident and you know hank then kind of has this decision and kind of what we talked about in that last episode that you know hank and marie have this you know this really great relationship and and this loving relationship so it's never a choice for hank like if marie's in danger he is he's going to deal to that you know like he, that's going to be his first priority at all times which is just a really kind of sweet moment i think in, in the middle of everything else that's happening here um that hank kind of rushes off um so these guys have got a moment they've got a moment to kind of save themselves so yeah some really really great scenes there yeah i mean i you mentioned before about hank sort of being cocky and arrogant i kind of like that because like as you said like he's got him like there's no way out he's got him and kind of he's just going to bide his time but like holy crap like walt doing this is like dickery personified right like kind of using his selfish interest to get out of this by you know using sort of the fan but he he kind of knows he has to do that i think even like you see him like shaking as he's like dialing saul knowing that he has to do this but um i mean fucking hell this scene is intense like dean norris is amazing i love the editing kind of the silence nature of it the way he walks into the hospital and you kind of see him screaming and everything and then the silence is broken by him on the phone and just even the way he's just kind of like hey, you're okay? And then just doesn't even, like, say anything. And she's just going, like, yes, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And then just that look of, like, pure, like, anger on his face. Like, holy crap. Like, it's just... Again, how does Dean Norris never not win an award for his acting on this show? Like, it's so good. Like, he's... Like, we've got such great actors on this show. I understand that. But, I mean, like, this is outstanding. See Dean Norris in literally anything else... And I'm not to take away from it. Maybe he's just typecast and this is the true skill of his acting ability. But, like, I mean, God, he's just so good. <laughs> Back to him being in Starship Troopers. Like, <laughs> you know, like like this, like, typical kind of military man. It's ridiculous. But, uh, or, yeah, again, I mean, Nick I Tuck, that a dead body on the freaking <laughs> gurney that his wife was fucking a dog. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> come a long way, hasn't he? 
Kimetra got people who are like big Breaking Bad fans and have never seen that episode of Nip Tuck and don't have any idea what we're talking about. That must just seem yeah. like the strangest thing to say, but it happened. It happened. We're not. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not making this up. So you know, no, like, I wish sadly. we were. But if you actually go back and listen <laughs> yeah. to that episode and it tuck, you will hear us be like, "Oh, we're big Breaking Bad fans." Like, tease Dean Norris. So you know. And um, there's other things I like about it too. It's like I just like the kind of washed out tone of the colours as he kind of mm. bursts into the hospital, and like mm-hmm. you know, as he calls Marie, you kind of see the colour kind of like like filter back into it. It's quite cool. Um, it's really quite subtle, but you kind of just see like you know as she calls him, it's kind of like just the colour kind of comes just just rises back into, and they have like a guy in a yellow shirt behind, and kind of yeah, just it's almost like the colours coming back into his face again. You know, like it's yeah, it's cool. It's just like a cool little um, little trick of the of, literally of the, sweat. Yeah dripping down his yeah. head too yeah 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 no, it's great it's really really good um and yeah this whole scene of him in the hospital is is fantastic um yeah um really great and then followed up by maybe my favorite shot of the, of the whole episode which is like from inside the rv and then you just see like these two prongs of the you know the the, the um whatever it is the um the thing that's destroying the rv just like comes through the wall it's just it's really really cool and we kind of get this music again uh, haven havenito um by los severos um i thought it sounded like just, them yeah it did sound like them yeah and it's um it, 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 again just another great music choice and i just love watching these two guys you know like they're quite a, like strangely emotional to kind of see this rv get destroyed um which was kind of like you know obviously the kind of the start of this this whole show is these guys doing so yeah i mean you talked in the last episode about this being the death of a character um and it certainly feels that way in some ways of like this was you know this is what got them started and this is the end of it and it's really sad and um just some kind of quite cool camera work here like i like when the, the kind of the crushing the rv and like all this like fluids pouring out the bottom of it and yeah i think and you know you kind of just see like the, the crusher slowly come down and reveal that these two guys kind of watching it happen and um yeah just the looks on their faces they're just like they look devastated by it it's um especially jesse but yeah it's 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 a great scene i, I really really enjoy it i i legitimately am sad in this scene like i legitimately think this is like the death of a, a character because like i mean it kind of is you know like yeah, i mean yeah you, you, I would eulogize the RV more than I would combo. Sorry, combo, but um, you know, I the RV. I mean, like, I mean, you don't see combo merchandise at your local figurine store, but you see RV merchandise all the time, and you don't do a tour around Albuquerque for the locations of Breaking Bad in a combo van. You do it in an RV, so you know. But um, you're right. Like, kind of the shot of like the the prong thing going in and destroying it is great. And I just, I also love, um, you know, like you said, like kind of the looks of like Jesse's face is just like, he looks so sad, but I kind of like the way Walt's kind of like, like pointing at things. He's just like, oh, yeah. look at that. That's me. Gross. The one question I have, like, why do they leave everything in it? I guess they've got to destroy evidence, but wouldn't that make it harder to like destroy or something like that? I, I don't know. But um, again, not to take away from this great scene, but um, yeah, I mean, this is, we we're talking about last week about smashing shit. This would be fun, like to, to destroy a a van or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it reminds me of, um, of Goldfinger when they go and destroy the, the car because they have a dead body in that car. And I still don't get why there's no blood and guts coming out of that car when they have a little compact cube in the back of Goldfinger's limousine. But that's another 007 now available on your good podcast <laughs> channels. But uh, well, yeah, the, I mean, the, the look, I'm just looking at the look at Jesse's face. Like you talk about the other week, the here's your restraining order right here. Like Jesse's face is just like, Ooh. like it's, it's like kind of, 
it's like so funny it's like perfect hangdog expression eh? like that is yeah it is really good like i mean i'm sad because like the rv's gone and ted is still here um yeah can't ted be in the crusher yeah that would be much better um but yeah but it is like a real end of an era like we talked in the last episode about you know the the divorce and that kind of being like a bit of a a, you know an milestone i suppose or in the, you know like a kind of closing of a chapter and you know seeing the rv disappear is is absolutely a closing of a chapter you know like it and it kind of just it's the move away especially for walt from like you know being this amateur to being a professional now and like he's got a proper setup and you know he's doing things in, in a more professional way now and and this is kind of the end of that by seeing the rv being destroyed so so yeah it's um it's a really important moment for the show, I think. Yeah. I mean, it it is kind of taking that next step. I mean, we've literally just had, yeah, like the, the new lab introduced. So you kind of got to go one era to another. I mean, let's bring up Nip Tuck. It's kind of almost like going from Miami to LA, isn't it? It's kind of just like, Mm. it's that next step of moving forward with the show. And it's the last innocent days really of, of breaking bad. And, And we're very close to being on the absolute halfway point of this show. So it kind of, it almost makes sense. So um, I guess there's more of a transition though, whereas like obviously on um, Nip Tuck, it was much more of a, well, you can feel a different vibe in season five onwards when they're in LA. Uh, whereas this one, it's it's more of a seamless transition, isn't it? So, but yeah, yeah. like rip, rip RV, hashtag rip RV. Sad moment. Very sad moment. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a moment's silence. <laughs> Do we ever do silence on the show? It's probably not something we do very well. Uh, usually, because people aren't listening. So, <laughs> right. Oh well, that kind of moves us on to uh, our, our final scene of this episode, which is a, a great one, actually. Um, and so this is we see kind of this car driving through this really kind of picturesque location, um, and um, obviously it's Gus and the car, and he gets out and he's meeting these. Um, the the two cousins in the back of nowhere, and I just love the framing of the shot. Like, kind of like he gets out of the car, and he's kind of in the middle, and like you know, to the left and right of the screen is is the two cousins. So like they're kind of framing Gus in this location. I just think it's a really cool cool way that they've kind of framed it up. It is really really good. Um, and yeah, and this is where kind of Gus is is kind of laying down the law. Like you know, he has business with Walt. It's not finished yet. They cannot kill him. Um, and the cousins are going on. You know, they've waited long enough. They're not going to wait any longer. And, you know, this is where Gus gives him another option, which is like actually the guy who pulled the trigger who actually murdered Tuco was not Heisenberg. It was it was this other guy, Hank Schrader. And you kind of get this this great line to kind of finish the episode where he says, you know, may his death satisfy you. Um, and boy, is the, how is that for a setup? You know, how is that for a cliffhanger of like, you know, these guys have now been given the green light to go and kill Hank. And so it's like, wow, can't wait to see what happens next. It's just it's a really, really like just suspenseful way to finish this episode. So, you know, if you watch this in real time, it would have been a long week waiting to see what happens. If you're binging it, you know, you you are definitely watching the next episode. The one thing I'll say too is that, like, again, all jokes aside, I can watch this with subtitles, so, you know, there. But, like, this is – I feel this is definitely one of those scenes where you can almost get away without the subtitles because all you hear – when you hear Gus say, Hank Schrader, 
you're kind yeah. of all like, ooh. Because, like, all you know about these ones is that you've seen a picture of them with Heisenberg. Like, they've drawn the Heisenberg picture. So you've got to assume that they're going... And you've seen them, obviously, wait in Walter White's house. So clearly, you know, like, this is... Yeah, this is definitely one where you can pretty much get away without not having the subtitles. So, yeah. um, yeah. which is... I mean, again, like, it's... I've watched it with, with and without, and it's still as tense having just like a you know a, hearing the words hank schrader um so yeah I mean, and that last that that very last shot as well is just so cool of like the sunset oh, yeah. the lens flare you know like it's just a beautifully framed shot you know it is just really really fantastic yeah no completely agree so yeah i mean god like this episode's great next week's going to be even greater <laughs> yeah 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 so i mean that kind of ends the episode it's um it's a strangely kind of linear episode this one because so much happens in that last couple of scenes really um but you know like um i don't think there's any kind of um i guess suspense on where we're putting this but in terms of by rent or bin but um it's probably where we're going to rank it as more interesting and uh I'll, I'll be a gentleman and let you go first this time aren't you a very cl- clever nice human to me nicholas i um do, I, do you like when I call you Nicholas or does that really piss you off? Nah, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> you don't want to tell me it pisses you off because then I'll just do it more. Um, smart man. It's like when people say Benjamin. Um, I'm obviously buying this episode 100%. And um, I have ranked this at 11th, just outside the top 10. I really, really like this episode. I think it's... Uh, it's entertaining. It's tension-filled. I should mention the RV getting destroyed. I've marked down as a possible top five moment. I think uh, it probably won't make it, but just for the sake that I feel it's it's significant, it's important, it should be mentioned. So, you know, it's the death of a major character, so I feel like it should be up there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's just great. There's nothing wrong with this episode at all. I mean, there's no Ted in this week, so, I mean, come on, like... <laughs> Can't fold it. There's no Ted. So we're finally getting back on page. So, yeah, no, I really enjoy this episode, 11th for me. And just on the page of continuity, uh, this is at number 33 on the ringer. So pretty much dead on the halfway point for them. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because um, I've got it slightly higher than you. So it's obviously a buy for me. Um, I've got it at 7th at the moment. Um, and kind of I watched it and I was like, this is like top five. Like, I think this is awesome. And then I start going through my episodes and it's like, I like Mandela more, which is an odd one. I think most people don't like that episode as much as, as I do. But anyway, um, but Grilled is the next one I've got up, which is, and it's like, nah, it's not as good as that. Um, Bags in the River, it's not as good as that. And it's definitely not as good as Better Call Saul. So like, I was really tempted to kind of have it higher. But when I looked at those other episodes, like, oh, it's just not as good as those ones. It's really good, but it's not as good as those ones. So um, yeah, I've got it just sitting above Peekaboo is where I've got it. So at number, wow. number seven on my list at the moment. Mine's uh, just above Negro Eazul and just below ABQ. That's where. Yeah, so we're we're, we're we're kind of in the same ballpark, to be fair. Like we're we're in a similar type of place. Um, yeah, seven and eleven. You know, is um, yeah, we're splitting splitting hairs at this point. I think that's that's generally the notion for Australia and New Zealanders. Yeah, we're kind of in the same place. So yeah, yeah that's that's pretty accurate, Nick. Good job. Yep, and uh, then we move on next week to the the big one. I think is that you know oh. it's a, a very well regarded episode. So um, don't think there's going to be too many surprises about what we're doing with next week's episode. But I can't wait to talk about it. It's um yeah, just 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 a, t- a ton of stuff to talk about on that episode. 
let's just uh, tease our audiences uh, about next week. The Ringer has next week's episode ranked at number four of 62. So this is a top five overall episode, according to some experts. And to put that into context, uh, there is only one other episode of this season that is higher in number two. So I won't mention which one that is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's... uh, there's every likelihood that I could be having it quite high. So I love, I love next week's episode. It's so good. And the acting of Dean Norris and Aaron Paul shall be highlighted very significantly next week. And I also want to say that this is the episode that Aaron Paul suggested that people watch before they watch El Camino. And there's one scene next week, which, and it's not a spoiler. It's just, there's one scene next week in particular that Aaron Paul said, like, if you don't have time to rewatch Breaking Bad before El Camino comes out, this is the one scene you need to watch to understand El Camino. And it's not a spoiler. Like, I will point it out for you next week what scene that is, but I think that's important to kind of go into that. So, yeah, it's such a... I mean, the ending of this episode is... I mean, it will be top five, the ending of this episode. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the best endings to an episode of all time. So... Yeah, yeah. The thing that's really interesting about next week is... Um, it's quite light on Walt. Like Walt features, don't get me wrong, like because Walt's in every episode. Um, but it's not Walt's not the main character in next week's episode, and yet it's mm. still so good. Um, and so that kind of tells you everything about just how good it is and and how much certain characters. I'm not going to talk about which ones it is and, and spoil it too much, but you know, I think you know which characters have kind of grown over the course of what they've done so far um, that they're going to become. You know be able to hold such an amazing episode without having Walt central to it. And I think that's, that makes it really interesting to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's kind of, you know, as I said, like it's, it's a, it's a Jesse and and Hank episode, let's be honest, but um, yeah, it's so good. Like it's, it's yeah. Every opportunity that this could rank as high as the ringer. So stay tuned. Yeah, can't wait to talk about it. But in the meantime, um, make sure you're following us on all the usual places and, and you're downloading the other shows that we've got on offer at the moment, including 24, maybe some Lost if you're lucky, if Noah can be bothered. Um, so you got those. Bastard. <laughs> you got those two going on you've always got uh, good old Patreon if you feel like throwing us a few bucks and, um, and and listening to some behind the scenes stuff some Survivor Oz stuff I don't even know what we offer I'm just going to take Ben's either. word for it that it's awesome <laughs> if you don't know I don't know so yeah. Um, but, but yeah um, you know, really looking forward to coming back and talking about one of the, the um, I think peak Breaking Bad episodes next week but until then my name is Nick and um, I also have to give credit to the grind and my name is Ben and you're going to have to start paying me more thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in up coming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>